0: Well, that sounded pretty ominous, right? <laughs> you picked a great day to be here today because we're starting a brand new series that I, I've been excited about all year. We've been planning this one for a while called Accidental Pharisees. And, uh, and I just want to let you know, kind of as we, as we begin to ease in a little bit, if you're wanting to go a little bit deeper into this study, uh, this is this series going to be based around a book called the same name, "Accidental Pharisees," and we have a few of these copies in the cafe. If you'd like to buy one, if you want to go deeper yourself, uh, we'd love for you to to grab one. Uh, you can you can see one of the the volunteers out there; they'll hook you up. But uh, just excited that you guys are here today and you know there's a couple of things that we really are excited about it Is one uh to, well today is the last day to sign up if you guys haven't already if you want to go to the ballpark the guys night at the louisville bats game uh today's the last day to sign up for that so be sure to do that and also this week this wednesday we're starting our our table group so we've been talking about that for a few weeks that th- that's a an even better opportunity to go deeper into what we study on sunday mornings so starting this Wednesday, we're going to be getting together here and just have a chance to get to know some other people. We'll have some refreshments and kind of just talk through a little bit. It'll be a great time, so I hope that you're signed up for that. If you'd like to know any more information or you want to sign up, just swing by the next steps area before you leave today, and, uh, and we'll, get you, we'll get you all plugged in there. But I really hope that this is going to be challenging for us, and I, I, feel, I believe that it really will be. And the whole premise of this is that we, we if we're not careful, we will become the very people that we don't want to become. And when you hear the word Pharisee, there's probably nothing real positive that comes to mind. And yet and nobody becomes a Pharisee on purpose, but you know, we, we don't become judgmental, hypocritical, and overzealous because we meant to. It just sort of happens by accident. And that's what I love about this series. And what you're gonna notice is And none of us are exempt. So I'm going to say this right at the very beginning. This is going to be one of those series that you're going to hear some things and you're going to be tempted to think, oh, man, I hope so-and-so hears this. And if you think that, you are missing the heart of this series. What we're talking about today, it applies to you, it applies to me. Don't, don't think about the, the person you know, sitting the next you know, couple rows up or the person that's at home watching online or whatever. This, everything that we're going to discuss today really directly applies to all of our lives. And so if I could challenge you a little bit as you hear this, and we're going to try to keep it positive and, and, and all those things. But let it, let it work on you a little bit. You know, we sang that song. I, I love that. You run to the Father because my heart needs a surgeon and my soul needs a friend. So let, let's be challenged together as we go through this journey. It's easy for us, you know, as we think about, and what I'm going to talk about today is this overzealous, you know, this unaligned, misguided passion. And it's easy for us to spot that. When you see the guy on the corner with the Turner Burns sign, you think, man, that's that's like passion gone wild. Yeah, You know, what, what's, what's that about? You know, or, or it's easy to see... The pompous person at work that's got the big, you know, leather-bound Bible on their desk and a big chip on their shoulder but a tiny little heart in their chest. You see that person, you think, okay, yeah, there's there's a Pharisee. And, and we, 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 the problem is not with passion. We're, we're called to be passionate for the Lord. You know, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, right? But there can be a dark side to that, and, and I believe that you know it. You know that that's true when Jesus showed up as God in the flesh he came to earth you know heaven heaven came to earth and the people that thought of themselves as God's biggest fans I mean they were the most devoted they 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 were the most educated in scripture they wanted nothing to do with Jesus they tried to shut him up and when that wouldn't work they had him killed that is passion gone bad. And we're pretty good at spotting it in other people. But we have a really hard time seeing it in ourselves. I think we've all got a little accidental Pharisee in us. So let me talk about, as we kind of, again, as we're easing let me talk about the nature of a Pharisee. Because when you hear the word, we, we think about hypocritical, narrow-minded, you know, spiritual losers. Right, they're the bad guys. They get it all wrong. But that was not the case in Jesus' day. If you go back, you rewind the tape 2,000 years ago, being called a Pharisee would have been a badge of honor. I mean, there's no way around it. These, these guys, they, they excelled in everything that we admire spiritually. They memorized Scripture. They prayed I mean, constantly, they were so committed to following all the laws and all the commands that you find in the Old Testament that they even made up some just so they could be sure they weren't missing any. I mean, they put these extreme demands upon themselves. They were, they were people who, who loved God or at least claimed to love God and love the scriptures and they were trying their absolute best to live by them. And, and they could be a bit harsh at times. I mean, they, they came across a little hard, but people back then would have taken it in stride because they said, well, they've kind of earned it. They have earned the right to be, you know, maybe a little crusty or to kind of look down their nose at the rest of us. I mean, you know, none of us are as committed as they are, so they've kind of, they're, they're kind of a little more elevated. Even Jesus knew how the people held them in such high regard. He said, I know that you guys see these these Pharisees and you—you you see them as uh, as elevated. One day he was he was teaching about how impossible it is for us to earn our way into heaven. He said, "It just can't be done. You can't you can't do it. You can't be good enough. You can't be righteous enough. God's standard of holiness is is way beyond anything we could ever attain." And then he said this in Matthew five verse twenty. He said, "I warn you that unless your righteousness." Is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Which everybody hearing that would have been like, oh, well, I could never, I'm not as good as they are, much less better than they are. And then a little later, a few verses later, Jesus said, You're to be perfect. You are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's bad news for everybody. That's bad news. I mean, anybody who's listening to that, it's like, well, we're doomed. There's, there's no hope for any of us in this room because we've never been as dedicated to, to study or to rule keeping as a Pharisee was. Not no one in this room, I, I would say. None of us are as committed as, as any of them were. So it kind of makes it seem like we're doomed. And that's exactly where Jesus wants us to be in that frame of mind because then when we realize that we cannot do this on our own, that's when he can point us to the cross and say, you, you finally got it. You can't be good enough. You, there's nothing you could ever do to pull off your own salvation. So an accidental Pharisee is this. is kind of my, my working definition. It's someone who has stepped out in faith. We've made some pretty good strides. We've made some decisions, making some changes in our life. We've added some spiritual disciplines like I'm beginning to pray more. I'm beginning to study my Bible. I'm, I'm making worship a priority. You know, those things, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to tithe. I'm giving, you know, 10% back to the Lord. Those things, I'm doing those things that the Bible teaches. But that personal pursuit of holiness has morphed into a deepening sense of frustration with those who do not share your passionate pursuit. It's when I'm making strides and I look back behind me and I see this guy or this lady that's not where I am and I just think, you know, what's their deal? Why don't they get this? You know, wh- wh- why haven't they made the, the, you know, big sacrifices that I've made? And that passion that we have forgotten, it, it has a way, if we're not careful... Of moving us from wanting to be all that God wants us to be to quickly judging others for not being where we are. So, this week I was, uh, I was at the gym and I, I uh, got to meet this, this dude. I, first time I'd ever seen him there. And, uh, you know, we just go on different days or whatever. Met this guy, we're having a great conversation. And he's asked, us, you know, what's your name? What are you into? Tell me about your hobbies. We're talking sports. We're talking this. We're talking that. You know, just really good time. Talking, I'm like, man, okay, I've kind of made this connection with this dude. You know, this is great. And then he asked the the fateful question in my world: What do you do for a living? And I have, I'm I'm gonna confess to you, I have thought: Is there a way that I could like fudge that and say anything other than like I'm a preacher? Like I'd say, hey, I'm just I'm a public speaker. Oh, I, you know, I work for a nonprofit. I don't know. I'm like that's that's dishonest, you know. So I'm like, well, I'm I'm a pastor. And you could see, he goes, immediately is oh. And it's just conversation killer, you know. It's like, man, we were having a good time. But then, then I was really surprised because, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, press into that at all. he's oh, I'm a pastor, so what do you do? And so he's telling me what he does, and I'm kind of, so you know, tell me more about this. And then he says, so tell me, what are you preaching on this week? And he, he just had this look about him like he's just ready, you know. He was ready to come at me. And I said, well, I tell you, I'm, I'm starting this new series called Accidental Pharisees. And he says, what? And you can see, he's what are you talking about? So I explained. I said, well, really, the whole point of it is we recognize that, that people can become so legalistic. We can become so entrenched in following Jesus that we kind of forget what it means to follow Jesus. And we start looking at our nose and judging others. And so my challenge is going to be let's not be those people. And he lit up like a Christmas tree. He's like, whoa, okay, all right. Well, that's, he said, man, that's good because, he said, I would argue, he said, I'm not a believer. But when I look at the church in America, I see nothing but that. And he says, so I'm, I'm glad you're teaching your church that. You know, we, we kind of live in the bubble where, we, you know, we, we've got Jesus and we love Jesus and we want to follow Jesus. And that's, that's central to who we are. We sometimes forget what the world's perception is. And it's so easy for our passion to become misguided and misaligned. And and this is my challenge to you today. I'm going to give it to you right now. We're going to look at a bunch of things that Jesus had to say about this. But don't become so overzealous about the pursuit that you forget who you're pursuing. Do not become so passionate, so over, you know, overzealous about, I've got to do these things, and these are the disciplines, and this is what it means to follow Jesus, that we, we forget what it means to follow Jesus. We become consumed, and we forget, and, and Jesus was ultra-patient, and he was ultra-gracious with everyone. You read the New Testament. He loved prostitutes. He loved thieves, tax collectors. He loved, I mean, the people that everyone else passed by and he loved doubters he loved sinners of all kinds he was always leaning in he, he was always pursuing and loving them and teaching them and inviting them to follow him he Said, follow me let's let's walk together but there was one brand of person that Jesus had no patience for only one And it was the person who looked down their religious nose at everyone else. That's the one person that Jesus had no patience for. I wonder how Jesus would react in our culture today. We wonder why people aren't interested in the church. Why why are people not interested in in knowing what God wants for their lives? Well, well just, just look at us, look at us as a whole. Look at our social media feeds, folks. Is it any wonder why why anybody would say, I don't think I want what they're offering? We've become so overzealous, we've forgotten what it means to actually follow Jesus. You think about the hot button issues of the day, whatever is on the news. Do you think if Jesus were walking among us today, that he would be handing down judgment from on high? I just don't see it. I just I just. I just don't believe that, I I think he would be calling everyone everywhere to deeper waters. He would say, follow me, come to me, walk with me, learn from me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light, I know what your soul needs. Very often we do the exact opposite of that. We say, here's a list. Here's things that you got to cut out right now. We can be quick to judge as if it were left to us. Is there sin in the world? Absolutely. There's sin everywhere in the world. And God's word is the final authority on those issues. But it's, it's not our job to look down on others. It's not our job to judge. Jesus hates that. Larry Osborne in his book, he says it like this. He says, if you allow your frustration to turn into disgust and disdain for people you've left behind... You're on a dangerous detour to becoming an accidental Pharisee. Think about it. When was the the last time that there was a message that really inspired you? Or maybe it was a a, a Christian song on the radio that you just, man, you couldn't help but you just had tears running down your cheeks. You thought, man, it really moved me. Or you you went to camp or you went to a conference or you took a class. You went on a mission trip, whatever it was. You stepped out on faith. You decided to clean up some area of sin and compromise in your life. And you're just, you're just ripping off. You're running towards Jesus. And that's awesome. You are, you are running as fast as you can. But as you're moving forward, you're taking these steps. All of a sudden, you, you begin to notice that some people are lagging behind a little bit. They're just not keeping up. They're not, they don't seem to be as devoted as you are. They just don't seem to be as interested. They just don't want to take the, the you know, the 15, you know, they don't want to be in this 15 small groups a week and doing everything, you know, because it's like, man, I got kids and, and I'm busy and all this. And you're like, what, what's happening? And, and this is the critical crossroads because if we allow ourselves to become judgmental towards those that aren't experiencing exactly what you're experiencing, you won't become more like Jesus you'll become more like his arch enemies. So I'm going to tell you two stories real quick uh, to kind of personalize this, all right? So uh, I'm going to tell one where I have felt the sting of being judged, and this happened you know, a few times, and I'm going to tell you one where I realized, oh, I was, I was the butthead. I was the accidental Pharisee. So my, my personal theory is that if something happened more than five years ago, it's fair game, and I can talk about it right here on this stage. <laughs> That's just my theory. You know, I'm going with it. So this, this definitely happened more than five years ago. Uh, it was a long time ago. It was a couple that I had met in, in a church, and I got to know this couple, and I loved them. Uh, they meant a lot to me. I'd been, I'd been called in a few times to help them out with a few little issues, and I felt like we had a great relationship. And one Sunday morning, I walked into the church. To get ready, I've put my microphone and you know, all these things, getting ready. And I walk into my office and there is a letter that has been slid underneath my door. And I'm like, oh, okay, what is this? And so I opened it up real quick and read it, and it was from that couple, which I, was weird. And in it, they wrote and they said that they would no longer be attending my church uh, because they did not like my preaching style. And that I needed to be preaching more like this other certain preacher that they liked. And so they included some links that they said, you need to search these and listen to these. And you need to to be more like this other pastor and and learn to be better. And and the letter said they did not want me to contact them. It's kind of like a Dear John letter, right? I'm like, man, we're breaking up right now. I thought we we loved each other. But uh, I found out, and not only did they give me a letter, they gave letters to... Uh, several other people in in the church and they convinced a few couples to leave with them and one guy that I met with who I considered a a friend uh, he told me to my face he said I just want you to know that I'm addicted to pornography and it's in part your fault because your sermons aren't convicting enough to me so that was a low point for me (laughs) <laughs> and and I and I had to really do some soul searching and say, yeah, am I am I on the right track here? And then talking to other people and wise people in my life, they said, no, you're on the right track. You, you just keep being faithful. You're dealing with some Pharisees. Now let me tell them myself, right? Because because we're real people, and I'm a, I'm a, I and I've I have been that person for sure. You have to understand that I grew up in the Christian church, right? So the non-denominational Christian church, just like this church reminds me so much of my home church that I grew up in. And, And the community that I lived in, small town, you know, everybody knows everybody. We bleed red big time if you know what I'm saying, like, you, you vote Republican straight ticket, you don't question, you don't even need to know what, what somebody stands for, you just, that's, that's the way you do, and so I, I grew up in the Christian church, and, and really believed, like, we, we got it figured out, like, we're, the, we're right on every issue, and so we're going to be in heaven, Now the Church of Christ people, they might squeak by, they might be there, but everybody else, I'm sorry, but like you guys missed it, you know, and so that, that's kind of where, where I was, and I carried those two thoughts, for an embarrassingly long time. Because it was just what it was. Just, that's just what it was. And that I couldn't, couldn't see anything else. And it wasn't until I went to Bible college. That I met some of the most sincere faithful believers. I mean people that were just incredible inspirations to me. That did not grow up in the kind of church that I grew up in. And they did not vote like I thought we were supposed to. And it blew my mind. I mean, my little mind was just like, this doesn't make sense. And, and so I would, I would get into, you know, lively discussions with people. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, 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 we're supposed to do it like this. Isn't this the way it's supposed to be? And I had somebody that, that loved me enough that poured in and they said, Brandon, you know, you are drawing some really hard lines on some really, really minor issues. They said, you know, that's what religion does. That's what legalism does. It draws lines. But Jesus crosses lines. Jesus calls us to something so much deeper than these little things you're getting hung up on. And I had to take a really long, ugly look at myself and some of the things I was clinging to that were not honoring to God. They weren't. And, and then I, I read Matthew 23. And I saw a lot of ugly things in myself. Let me read this to you. It's, it's a little lengthy, but just let these words rest on you a little bit. Jesus turned to address his disciples, along with the crowd that had gathered with them. And he said, the religious scholars and Pharisees, are, are, they are competent teachers in God's law. He says, you won't go wrong in following their teaching on Moses. But be careful about following them. sometimes you can be right, but you can be all alone. And he's saying, oh, they they may be technically right, but you've got to be careful. They talk a good line, but they don't live it. They don't take it into their hearts and live it out in their behavior. It's all spit and polish veneer. Instead of giving you God's law as food and drink by which you can banquet on God, they package it in bundles of rules, loading you down like pack animals. They seem to take pleasure in watching you stagger under these loads, and they wouldn't think of lifting a finger to help. Their lives are perpetual fashion shows, embroidered prayer shawls one day and flowery prayers the next. They love to sit at the head table at church dinners, basking in the most prominent positions, preening in the radiance of public flattery, receiving honorary degrees and getting called doctor and reverend. Don't let people do that to you. Puts you on a pedestal like that. It says, Do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant. If you put yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, then your life will count for plenty. That verse has been so life-giving to me. I don't have to be like somebody else. I don't have to, I don't have to live with that pressure. Your life doesn't have to be like somebody else. You be you. You be who God's made you to be. Be the best version that he's created you to be. And, and one of the hardest parts of that is the constant comparison. And that's what leads us, that's what gets us off that dangerous detour. When, I'm, uh, when I compare myself to another person instead of comparing myself to Jesus. When I look at other people, it's always going to lead me somewhere that's, that's not, not good. And as Christians, how often do we, we look at our own sin and we think, well, that's not that bad. I mean, did you hear what John did? Did you hear what that that person did? I'm not doing anything that bad. Jesus goes on in verse 13. He says, I've had it with you. You're hopeless, you religion scholars, you Pharisees, frauds. Your lives are roadblocks to God's kingdom. You refuse to enter and you won't let anyone else in either. I was having a Once a month, I get together with a group of pastors up in Indiana. It's a great time. Love those guys so much. And and one of the guys, he, he made this statement I thought was so profound. He said, you know what I think one of the biggest problems in the church is today? He said, we've made the shallow end too deep and the deep end too shallow. And I thought, man, that was good. I wish I'd come up with that, but I'm not that smart. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. But that's true. I, that some we, we put all these roadblocks up before people can come to Jesus. I have I have sat I have sat and heard pastors, not not with this group, but others I've been a part of over the years sit and argue over who should be baptized would you well would you baptize this person well no i wouldn't do that not until they made this change first or not until they did you know i'd be looking for a little bit more than that and 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 roadblocks let's make the shallow end too deep too lofty but then on the flip side we're way easy on ourselves right like are we i don't have to focus on my own spiritual growth because i'm already in the club like I've, i've got my card so i'm good i don't have to i already know everything i need to know i'm good Stepping on your toes yet, anybody? <laughs> Step, stepping on mine It's tough stuff. But these, are, these are issues we've got to wrestle with if we're going to be faithful to the call of Jesus. We've got to take a look at ourselves. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. Jesus goes on. He says, Pharisees, you're, you're hopeless. You religion scholars, Pharisees, frauds, you, you keep meticulous account books, tithing on every nickel and dime you get. But on the meat of God's law, things like fairness and compassion and commitment, the absolute basics, you carefully take it or leave it. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. Do you have any idea how silly you look? Writing a life story that's wrong from start to finish, nitpicking over commas and semicolons. And then a couple of verses down, he says, You're hopeless. This is really encouraging. You're hopeless, you religion scholars and Pharisees, frauds. You're like manicured grave plots, gla- grass is clipped and the flowers bright, but six feet down, it's all rotting bones and worm eaten flesh. People look at you and they think you're saints, but beneath the skin, you're frauds. The only group of people that Jesus had no patience for at all, I don't know if you're getting it yet, but the only group he had no patience for were those that looked down their nose at others. He couldn't, he couldn't take it. He couldn't stand it. And listen, this world has got a lot of problems. But I'm, I'm convinced that the one thing the world needs more than anything else right now is a church that is transparent and vulnerable but is patient, patient with people who are on a journey stumbling towards Jesus. That we take time That we say, it's okay, it's okay. Why should we be patient with people? Why should we do that? Because that's the heart of our God. Second Peter 3.9 reminds us, it says, the Lord isn't really slow about his promise as some people think, but he's patient. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. Jesus sets a high standard. There is no doubt at all that Jesus has set a very high bar. He told us, if you want to be my follower, you know what you need to do? Pick up a cross every day and keep picking it up. Because birds of the air have nests and, 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 uh, you know, foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So if you're going to follow me, you've got to be prepared to sacrifice lay down your life for me but you know what else jesus did in addition to setting a high bar one time he healed a fearful woman we don't know even what her name was we just know she was she called a woman with the issue of blood she'd been having problems for decades she'd heard of jesus but she was so afraid she was so she was so fearful that she, In this large crowd of people, she snuck up on Jesus. <laughs> she snuck up on him and touched the hem of his robe, of his cloak that he was wearing. She just touched the little bottom of it because she was hoping to get a little magical touch or something that would heal her. And Jesus knew exactly what had happened and he praised her for her great faith. She didn't courageously take a stand. She didn't, you know, make a scene and say, I believe, heal me. I know that you can do what I need. But he, and yet he praised her for her faith. Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. And yet he kept pouring into him. He kept pouring in. He, Jesus went out of his way to, to show himself to a doubting Thomas. He didn't kick anybody off the team. He didn't say, what's wrong with you guys? Why aren't you with me? You know, what's the problem? He encouraged crowds of people who were worn out from all the demands of the religious law to come to him for a rest. He said, come with me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So my my goal for this series is is not not to to offend us all, (laughs) but hopefully to give us a little realignment. If, we, if we're on that dangerous detour, let's, let's take the next exit ramp and get on the right road. Let's realign a little bit with what God's call is on our lives. He calls us to passionately chase him, but not to look behind us and see who's not keeping pace. We keep our eyes on Jesus. The best example we've got of that is a Pharisee who was confronted with his own broken, brokenness, and, and he was realigned, and that's the Apostle Paul. That was his life, the guy that wrote most of the New Testament. Before that, he was a Pharisee who hated the church, he hated Christians, he did his best to destroy it, and, and even was there when they were being killed for their faith. But Jesus changed his heart, he changed his perspective. And and Paul, who was about as devoted and educated and committed as as any any Pharisee could possibly be, he wrote this Philippians three. He said, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. And for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness, though, through obeying the law, but rather I I become righteous Through my faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. So for some of you, this topic, if we go through the next few weeks, it's going to be refreshing. Uh, For others, it might be disturbing. That's okay. It's good for all of us. We'd love to have you join us uh, Wednesday night for table groups as we go a little bit deeper. There's some things that didn't make it in the message today that I'm going to be Sharing for a few minutes Wednesday night, but I, I know that if we'll allow the Lord to speak to our hearts, we will find freedom there. He frees us from all this baggage. I will close with this. I uh, I had a friend years ago that became a Christian uh, as a young adult, and this person that grew up in the church, but they never really got it. You know, it just it just it just didn't sink in, and their life was a mess. And they didn't know what to do, but there was a moment when the Holy Spirit really got a hold of this guy, and, uh, and he, he was all in. And for a while, he tried to do all the things that he thought he was supposed to do. So he went out to the Christian bookstore and bought all these Christian t-shirts, <laughs> and all these, this Christian music, and, and wristbands, you know, had all the Christian wristbands, and all the swag, all the stuff. And was trying to do, you know, he started going to Christian concerts and conferences and was just, he was just excited and and just jacked on Jesus. You know, just this is, this is great. He's doing all these things, trying to chase that feeling, trying to stay amped up. And he really got himself to a point where everything was about the next experience. You know, I got to have the next mountaintop. You know, this is what it is. And he started feeling like other people weren't as good of a Christian as he was because they weren't doing the same stuff. Like, hey, are you coming to Bible study this Friday? No, I'm busy. Well, what's wrong with you? You know, you need to be there. This is, this is important. And over time, it was too much to keep up with because even though this guy looked good on the outside, he was all messed up inside. And eventually, this person pretty much all but walked away from their faith entirely because it just seemed like a big show. It just didn't seem real. And that person probably wouldn't be following Jesus at all If it hadn't been for people that loved him enough to show him that all that stuff wasn't what Jesus was calling him to. He wasn't calling him to the stuff. He was calling him to walk with him. Without the pressure. Without the crazy demands. Without the legalistic drama. Just be you and walk obediently with Jesus. That person was me. It was me. I've lived it. And I'm thankful to God every day that by his grace, he didn't give up on a Pharisee like me. You see, I was, I was chasing Christian culture, not Christ. There's a difference. Don't become so overzealous with the pursuit that you forget who you're pursuing. Don't miss out on walking with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you that your word challenges us and it helps us to deepen. Lord, I pray over the next few weeks as we, as we dive into different topics and we really look at ourselves that you would, that you would gently come alongside us. And Lord, help us, help us to be honest and, and help us to, to, to seek more of you. Lord, we want to be close to you. We want to be walking with you. We want to be devoted. Help us to be faithful. Help us to learn from you. Lord, I thank you that we're different and that we all have backgrounds and we all have a different, slightly different way of seeing the world around us. You've given us all these different perspectives. But I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to have your perspective. Give us your eyes. May we see ourselves and the world around us the way that you see it. Thanks for loving us, Lord, every day. It's in Jesus' name I pray.